This is an RNZ podcast. New Zealand, good evening, greetings and welcome. Marcus Sush reporting from duty 8 past 8, 8 oh eight here till midnight. Uh, we have reporters, I think, at the selection for Auckland Central for National. This is the candidate to replace Nikki Kay. That will be decided tonight. That was Marcus Lush opening his News Talk ZB talkback show last Monday night, as he always does, to the strains of the show tune, I am your lady and you are my man. And at that very moment, the National Party in Auckland Central was deciding who would be the lady or the man to do all that they can to win the seat again in the upcoming election. And Marcus Lush himself had unexpectedly become part of that story the same night. There are allegations a senior National Party figure attempted to derail the nomination of one of the candidates with a peculiar midnight phone call to talk back radio pretending to be someone he's not. Political editor Tover O'Brien reports. Tover O'Brien went on to report that Roger Bridge, a big wheel in the National Party in Canterbury, had tried to muddy the waters of that candidate selection with a pseudonymous talkback call, even though Roger Bridge himself told NewsHub he was not the mystery Merv. Sorry, Merv? No. Do Roger you, Bridge. Do you call up talkback as Merv? No, no. Soon after that, on News Hub at 6, Marcus Lush told his ZB listeners that Merv's round midnight call didn't seem to him like dirty politics at the time, just bad radio. There were texters saying, get him off, get him off. <laughs> it wasn't easy to listen to. I mean, you're not, you're not going to change great minds 11.35 on a Monday night. I can't think of a quieter time for talkback. Monday's our dud night anyway. But if the story itself was odd and a little awkward, well, so was the call from Merv itself that night, which Marcus Lush introduced like this. 23 away from 12. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Merv, it's Marcus. Welcome and good evening. Oh, hi, Marcus. Now, Merv, whether he meant to or not, was clearly trying the host's patience as that call wore on. Uh, but I'm, I'm that confused. And then I had this photograph come through today and, uh, oh, oh I'm, I'm that confused. Yeah, are you trying to be humorous? Why are you confused about the photograph? Well, it's only that she's on these billboards in Manuera and then I pick up the Auckland Herald this morning and she's standing in Auckland Central. And Marcus Lush tried hard to humour Merv, explaining the twists in the selection story for the allegedly confused caller. Yeah, well, I don't know whether you should be voting, but if, if you're struggling with this... But even the usually mild-mannered Marcus couldn't completely conceal his irritation with mixed-up Merv, as you can hear if you listen carefully. Yeah, oh, is she not standing again? Oh, God. Uh, you know, it's so hard to keep up with. I'm going to let you go, Merv. Flip. And having flipped Merv, there was just enough time before midnight for another burning topic on the talkback show that night, old school school shoes. Nomad shoes. I used to wear them at high school. They were the pricey um, sought-after shoe, weren't they? They certainly were. And if treks versus nomads leaves you puzzled, kids, ask your parents. And parents may remember the last time a senior National Party figure made headlines for pretending to be someone he wasn't on talkback. Northland MP John Carter was sacked as National's whip way back in 1995 when he called Radio Pacific claiming to be a work-shy Māori bloke called Hone. 
The stunt rebounded on Honakata because at the time Prime Minister Jim Bolger was in Washington meeting US President Bill Clinton and he didn't want any questions about an MP going rogue on the radio back home diffusing the reflected glory in DC. But 15 years later, John Carter laughed about it in his valedictory speech in 2011. The Prime Minister got his photo taken shaking hands with the President and he appeared on page 8 of the New York Times and I appeared on page 1. <laughs> It seriously pissed him off, I can tell you. But it probably annoyed real Māori people without jobs in the area at the time too, and those offended by John Carter posing as Māori to voice opposition to the government's fiscal envelope for Treaty of Waitangi claims. Now, adding another dimension to that talkback deception was that the host taking the call from Hone Carter at the time was another serving national MP, John Banks. And by coincidence, it was John Banks that Magic Talk pulled in to fill in for a week the week before last, the same week that Merv called News Talk ZB. And this week on Magic Talk, it was current national MP Paula Bennett who took over as the fill-in, as we heard earlier in the programme. How are you? Are you, are you well? Uh, I've got a bit of a um, head cold thing. Oh, me too. I had that last week. Um, but I'm fighting fit now, of course, otherwise I wouldn't be at work. Mm. Yeah. Spreading it around. <laughs> no, you see, so I haven't done that, so I'm obeying all the rules. Yeah, well, I've got this big hairy microphone in front of me now, so, um, yeah, well, I won't lick it. There you go. Probably more <laughs> than you needed to know, Hilary. Yes. Now, it isn't usual for a national network to hand the mic, hairy or not, to an MP with skin in the game, especially when there's an election campaign on, when the need for fairness in the news media is heightened, and it would be almost impossible to avoid getting party political, even if you tried, doing a week on talkback radio. And Paula Bennett was hardly trying not to on day one, backing up her leader Judith Collins's call on Monday that a Cook Islands travel bubble was taking too long. Bring on the Cook Islands. We should be going there. They're quarantine-free. We're quarantine-free. But if anyone that's a bureaucrat or a politician listening right now, can you please not stuff it up? What Paula Bennett meant there was COVID-free, not quarantine-free, though no one would argue with not stuffing up a travel bubble. And while Paula Bennett didn't actually urge listeners to vote national or not to vote for anyone else, she did claim that the government urging us to be prepared for community transmission recurring amounted to them using fear for electoral advantage. But yeah. they'll vote blindly for her. It's, uh, you know, that, that is scaremongering on a grand scale. It's not backed up by any medical science whatsoever. And I reckon they're scaremongering now because we're six weeks away from an election. We are no more likely to see a community um, outbreak than we were two months ago. In fact, I would argue we were more likely to see a community outbreak bloody eight weeks ago because of how poorly they were looking after quarantine. And we're getting these words that, you know, gosh, we're more likely now and it's going to happen. And I reckon it's scaremongering. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to call it out. I think it's political. Well, this week, some Media Watch listeners who thought that that talkback stint this week was a bit political itself asked if it was a breach of the rules governing electoral advertising. But the Electoral Act says advertising rules don't apply to the editorial content of broadcasts, including news, comment and current affairs. They don't count as election programmes. And that was clarified by the Court of Appeal back in 2016 after the song by Hutt Valley bluesman Darren Watson, called Planet Key, had effectively been banned during the 2014 campaign. Back then, the Court of Appeal said election programmes are only those that are broadcast for political parties or candidates and not programmes initiated by broadcasters or other parties. 
Now, matters like balance, fairness and accuracy in news broadcasts at election time are dealt with by the Broadcasting Standards Authority, and the authority reminded broadcasters of this in guidance on election programmes, which it issued earlier this year in March. Now, most major news outfits have their own internal standards and principles to ensure even-handedness at election time, for example, like ensuring that current politicians are not featured in general non-news or current affairs programmes until after the election. But there's nothing to stop a broadcaster having a politician as a host if they want to, even at election time and even during a pandemic. On NewsHub at 6 last Thursday, the political editor Tova O'Brien said this. A group of more than 50 leading scientists and health professionals have penned a letter to all politicians urging them to put politics aside, resist the temptation to scaremonger and point score. And it's not the first time those experts have made such a plea. Back in March, just before our first COVID-19 lockdown, the New Zealand Medical Journal published an appeal signed by most of the same medical professionals, which made this point. It is the media's role to report on matters of public interest and concern, and we ask politicians to leave this task to them and instead show leadership in spreading essential information. We need our politicians to avoid cluttering the media landscape with political messages and undermining the life-saving information coming from government, health professionals, scientists and public health officials. And it's a safe bet that they didn't foresee that six months later a media outlet would add to the clutter by making a partisan politician a presenter during what turned out to be a pretty significant week.